Hi there. Welcome to episode 30 of Never on the Back Foot podcast. Yes, you heard that right. This is the 30th episode and what a journey this has been. India registered only its second test victory inside 2 days, overhauling a target of 49 against England in the day night test to take an unassailable 2-1 lead. In the test match that turned out to be the shortest since World War II, this India and England encounter witnessed a very embarrassing batting collapse as the spinners made merry and that was literally the story of the test match. Our first point on our discussion, the world's largest stadium. The newly refurbished cricket stadium in Motera, Ahmedabad has been renamed Narendra Modi Stadium. This was announced at the inauguration on Wednesday ahead of the third test between the teams. It was earlier called Sardar Patel Stadium. Ramnath Kovind, our president, inaugurated the world's largest cricket stadium in the presence of Home Minister Amit Shah and Sports Minister Kiran Rijju among a host of so many other dignitaries. Spread over 63 acres, the stadium has been built at an estimated cost of rupees 800 crores and with a seating capacity of 1,32,000 spectators, it has surpassed the hallowed Melbourne cricket ground which can accommodate 90,000 and the total area is equivalent to cover 32 Olympic size soccer fields put together. This was a note from the Press Information Bureau giving specifics of the enormous structure. Let's now focus on England's first innings collapse. England hardly showed any intent batting first. Zach Crawley was the only bright spot for them, top scoring with a masterful 53 of 84 balls. Dom Sibley and Bairstow registered ducks again. Joe Root, Ollie Pope, Ben Stokes did not contribute enough and the trouble for England just seemed to get deeper. The rest of the tail also fell like a pack of cards and England was bundled out for just 112. Akshar Patel's outstanding bowling was certainly a game changer and Ashwin's three scalps further added on to England's misery. But was this actually a tricky pitch to bat on as they just managed to make 112? Let's now talk about the highly contested topic the pitch. Ahmedabad pitch saw puffs of dust at the popping crease right from the first session of the first day. As it got baked under the sun, it crumbled further. Even the bowler's landing areas were very uneven due to the loose soil and the batsman spikes further adding to the problem. Groundsmen could be seen trying to level it from the third session of the first day and throughout the second day. Even in Chennai it did not look as dusty as it did on day 1 here. That test was in a rank turner but it still went on till the 4th day. Just because spin poses no physical threat to players does not mean that the pitch is not fit for a test. I think according to me that was the divisive impact of the third test with a lot of greats taking a dig at the conditions and the playing style of their own teams. Virat Kohli although saw nothing amiss. I mean he said that it was a very good pitch to bat on and that the low scores in this case like neither of the teams crossed 145 in the four innings was due to the lack of application from the batsman itself. Yet apart from Rohit Sharma's 66 from the first innings and Zach Crawley's 53 no other batsman had an answer to this pitch it wasn't just the turn it was i guess even the unpredictability that came with it while some areas of the pitch provided massive turns 
the ball also jumped up at the batsman from some random spots and none of this is to take credit away from akshar patel you know who got 11 wickets on this wicket and he showed exemplary control and guile setting up batsmen with vicious turners before unleashing an arm ball that went straight or either took the stump or trapped the batsman lbw and seriously all of this was at a nippy pace with the hard lacquer of the pink ball making it zip off the pitch In the previous two tests in Chennai the track used for the first test was red while the one for the second match had a darker look the first was a batting paradise while the second was a rank turner it is quite possible that the curators coming under pressure for the next test can set a totally different quality of pitch diverting our attention to india's first innings india was 99 for 3 in reply to england's 112 all out at stumps on day 1 At the close of play we had Rohit Sharma who was batting brilliantly on 57 and giving him company was Ajinkya Rahane on 1 and we were trailing by 13 runs. We lost Shubman Gill early on for 11 and Pujara was dismissed for a very surprising duck. Virat Kohli and Rohit Sharma were actually forging a very crucial partnership and looked at ease but An amazing delivery from Jack Leach was a length ball that dismissed Kohli. Kohli looked to play for the turn but it just skidded straight on, got onto the bottom edge and the off stump was gone. But again, what followed on day 2 was just bizarre. Trailing by 13 runs at the end of day's play, India resumed with Rohit Sharma and Rahane from the 99 for 3. They were soon sucked into a spin whirlpool with Joe Root and Jack Leach bowling in tandem. When India were bowled out at the end of the first session they had a first innings lead of just 33 runs. India's first innings folded for 145 with just Rohit Sharma top scoring with that 66 and that is the only positive. Joe Root returned with career best figures of 5 for 8 on what was a very surprising turn of events. Even he was surprised at his wickets of 5 for. England's batting After bundling up the visitors for 112 in the first innings, Akshar Patel and Ashwin yet again teamed up to script England's worst collapse against India. Joe Root and Co were bowled out for a paltry 81 which happens to be England's lowest ever total in a test match against India. England had registered their previous lowest score against India back in like 1971 at the Oval. B.S. Chandrasekhar scalped six wickets then to restrict the Ray Illingworth-led England for 101 in the second innings. Coming back to this match, Akshar Patel picked up five wickets in the second innings, adding to his outstanding haul of six in the first innings, his best bowling performance in a pink ball match. Ashwin, on the other hand, added four more to his first day's spoils of three scalps to cross the 400 wicket mark in this longest format he became the fourth indian after anil kumble with 619 kapil dev with 434 and harbhajan singh with 417 to achieve the feat england's scorecard bore a dismal look with just ben stokes's 25 and ollie pope's 12 being the best contributions india's second innings batting Chasing an easy 49, the Indians seemed at ease throughout with the past horrors of 36 for 9 totally not running in their minds and they showed full intent and liberty dispatching deliveries at ease to the boundary. At dinner, 
India was 11 for no loss, requiring just 38 runs to win. And the job was completed within 20 minutes of the final session when Rohit Sharma with a 25 and Shubman Gill with 15 completed the formalities in 7.4 overs, barely half an hour into the final session of the day. Let's now look at the reactions post the match. It's just been a bizarre game. I've never been part of such a test match, was the apt summation of the nature of the match by Virat Kohli and this was said by him in the post-match presentation ceremony. Now, many experts felt and even questioned, you know, is this the true nature of test matches? There were some weird suggestions to have three innings and how it is unfair and everything. But Rohit Sharma rightly pointed out that, you know, when we go abroad, we don't complain about the pitches there. We learn, adapt and we don't crib the way the English is doing right now. And we could see how the English team was, you know, openly showing disapproval over umpire calls, which was very disappointing and unsportsmanlike. Even Ashwin indicated the same in the press where he mentioned how in our previous tour to New Zealand, two test matches got done in five days and then it was not the most debated thing, something that was all over the press and media. So what's different now? And I think even his cryptic tweets indicated the same. It also becomes important to understand that the pink ball usually moves a lot more than the red ball. The extra coat of lacquer helps as does the grass that is supposed to be left on the pitch for day-night tests. But the Ahmedabad pitch was anyways dry and dusty and the wickets there have always supported spin. So I don't think it was very surprising and as Kohli said, the batsmen simply did not apply themselves enough. England's questionable selection As England was picking their playing 11 for the third test against India, they only saw one side of the coin. They focused too much on the pink ball and forgot to think about the pitch or the conditions clearly that the match was going to be played in. They picked three fast bowlers in the form of James Anderson, Stuart Broad and Jofra Archer. And Jofra Archer, mind you, is a pace bowling all-rounder and Ben Stokes. And just the one proper spinner, Jack Leach, for the game. Uh, they were also taking into account that Joe Root could bowl some spin. I mean, they might argue that this is their best set of bowlers, but it was clearly an attack that lacked balance. It was almost as if the visitors had taken a knife to the gunfight. In a sense, England put all their eggs in one basket and then would have watched a f- with a fair degree of shock as, you know, Akshar Patel and Ashwin ran through their batting lineup. Between them, Ashwin and Akshar Patel bowled like 37.4 overs, giving away just 64 runs and they claimed like 9 wickets. This was just in the first innings. The pink ball helped the spinners as many deliveries as possible, but we could see how it simply skilled on to the batsmen while some turned sharply, especially from the end that Akshar Patel was bowling from. In Akshar Patel's case, he was brought on to the attack as early as the 7th over by this very strategic move by Virat Kohli. He identified that the best way to attack on this particular wicket was to bring in the spinners and he stuck on to it. Now, many English batsmen simply fell to the straighter one from Akshar Patel. They played for the turn and the ball simply skidded on. Perhaps they will argue that even the bowler wasn't too sure what the ball would do. So how the batsman was supposed to, but the manner in which the batsmen were getting dismissed would have been very disturbing for the team management. Decoding the Indian spinners. Once again, India spinners throttled their scoring rate and the English batsmen succumbed. 
Akshar Patel's economy rate was 1.75 and Ashwin's was 1.63. And if you let India spinners do that with a dodgy technique, you will certainly not survive. It was amazing to see how England seemed to play down on the wrong line or how they were beat, getting beaten in the air. Indian spinners are just so good and the English batsmen, I don't think, are technically they're adapted enough or they're good to you know counter that. Case in point being how Joe Root was dismissed. I mean, he is their best player of spin. But the way in which he was trapped by Ashwin who changed his angle to come round the wicket and then trap the English spinner right in front showed that India are right on top in every way imaginable. And when England came out to the field, one saw more of the dangerous lethargy that had plagued them since the second test at Chennai. Their body language was poor. It seemed to suggest that they'd rather be anywhere else than at the Motera Stadium. And they dropped catches, misfielded numerous times, and they did not even bowl Jack Leach from the end that Akshar Patel did most of the damage for. And definitely Akshar Patel has been a revelation and would be really interested to see how he plays on for the rest of the tour. this we come to an end with this episode i'd like to thank you all for ardently supporting my blog and this podcast it gives me the strength and the zeal to keep working and delivering quality content to you all a heartfelt thank you do check out at the rate never on the back foot on instagram for the latest facts trivia quizzes and a lot more my next episode perhaps will come after some time as i have my exams breathing down my neck and if you've made it here this far it also becomes important to understand that the indian women are squaring off against the south african women so that's going to be another exciting series this podcast is also available on apple podcasts google podcasts spotify anchor overcast and a lot of other platforms so please do spread the word also feel free to share your thoughts and suggestions for the already published episodes and recommendations for future topics please do share the podcast widely and your support is really appreciated the 30th episode we made it this far see you next time listeners cheers stay safe and take care bye for now